With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to DollarCollapse.com with John Rabino, your ringside seat for the global financial crisis. Hi, everybody. It is Monday, March 28th. And I think this morning we can officially call the global economic recovery over. The stats that have come out in the last few weeks point to basically zero growth in the U.S. and the rest of the world was never growing. So it looks like we are now flatlining globally and probably tipping into a recession in the year ahead. So let's get into some of the specifics. Corporate profits in the U.S. fell by 3% in 2015, which very seldom happens in the absence of a recession. If corporate profits go down, if companies aren't making any more money year over year, then they tend not to hire new people or build new factories. You know, they, they kind of pull back until they get back onto a positive growth path, and that impacts the economy. So that's what we're seeing now. Meanwhile, consumer spending, which is 70% of the economy, the way we've got things set up here, for better or for worse. In January, was was reported as a really robust 0.5%, which equates to a growth rate of about 6% a year. In other words, people were out there spending a lot of money, and that gave a lot of mainstream economists, at least, hope that the recovery was picking up steam and that we'd be growing organically going forward and we wouldn't need a lot of extra help from the government in the form of ridiculously low interest rates and big deficits, things like that. But that turned out to be a mirage. The The new numbers released this morning show a revised downward January number of just 0.1%. In other words, virtually no growth in consumer spending. And the February number came in at about the same level. 0.1%. That's negligible. And that's consistent with a slow-growing economy if there's any growth at all. The um, Atlanta Fed's GDP now number, which they update continuously based on new stats coming in, was at 2.5% in February for first quarter GDP growth. In other words, the economy seemed to be growing at a completely acceptable rate. You know, 2.5% is pretty good compared to the last few years. So we will take it if we can get it. Unfortunately, in, in light of the most recent set of numbers that have come out, the GDP now prediction for the first quarter is just 0.6%. And that means that if we're growing below 1%, we're hardly growing at all. And again, the U.S. was the bright spot. We were the country that was in less bad shape than the other countries and seemed to be growing and could actually justify rising interest rates versus everybody else who is cutting interest rates or taking other steps to try to stimulate their economy. They were all basically in panic mode trying to increase their growth to a level that would allow them to pay their bills at least. It wasn't working for them and now apparently it's not working for us. So the year ahead is going to be apparently one of flat to slightly negative growth around the world and flat to slightly negative inflation. In other words, uh, we're drifting into a period of stagnation for which there doesn't really seem to be any way to escape. Speaking of the bills that we have to pay, I was leafing through some old Wall Street journals 
the other day, and this one was from a couple of weeks ago, where I, where I found a story about Europe's pension crisis. You know, you hear about this, but it doesn't sound as serious as it might be until you look at the actual numbers. Now, here, here's what happened. Most European countries, after World War II, set up very generous pension and health care plans for their citizens. Well, it turns out that most of these plans were set up with no mechanism for saving money for the inevitable and completely statistically predictable retirement of baby boomers. It's, you know, it's a big generation. And when, when our generation retires, we're going to require an awful lot of money to manage all of the promises that have been made to us. Well, the Europeans are just paying each year's benefits out of current tax revenue, which means that as baby boomers retire and the payout for all these very generous pension plans starts to go through the roof, European economies are going to have to come up with that money out of current tax revenue. They're going to have to raise taxes on their citizens or cut spending in other areas, which is highly unlikely. So it looks like the burden on working people in Europe is just going to go absolutely through the roof. And that's going to lead to some kind of a crisis, which requires some kind of really extreme policy change. So Europe has this crisis, and so does Japan, by the way. You know, they both have demographic issues, which means they've got fewer and fewer workers taking care of more and more old retired people. And again, that's a, an unsustainable trend and one that inevitably leads to a crisis. But before we in the U.S. start feeling too smug about uh, how we've made good decisions versus Europe's bad decisions. If you look more closely at Social Security and Medicare here, you find that while they do have trust funds, in other words, they've had taxes on an ongoing basis that exceeded their payouts, and then they've invested the extra money, in theory, giving them a cushion to cover baby boomers' retirements. But what they've invested in turned out to be treasury bonds, in other words, government bonds, the interest on which is paid out of current tax revenue. So in effect, we've got the same kind of system. We've got a pay-as-you-go national pension system that is also going to run out of money shortly and require huge increases in taxes, barring some other big policy change. Europe is headed there first, or maybe Japan. It's hard to know which one of them hits the wall first, but we're not that far behind. The inevitable result of hitting the wall that we're all headed for will be that governments will conclude that the only way out is a massive currency devaluation. So here's how it might work in Europe. You devalue the euro by, let's say, 50%. And so you're paying your bills in cheaper currency, which makes it easier to cover those bills. And at the same time, you increase pension payouts by, let's say, 20% which will mollify the more ignorant among the recipients of these pension plans. So then if you're a politician in Europe, you run on the fact that you raised payouts in nominal terms for retirees. So you pretend to be this incredibly generous politician who cares about his constituents and, and who wants the best for the retirees in his district or in his country. And probably it'll work based on the fact that people have been so easy to fool up to this point. So either we get a series of rolling devaluations where one country or currency system hits that demographic and financial wall and devalues aggressively, or everybody does it all at the same time. 
Jim Rickards, who's the author of several books on monetary policy and precious metals that I think everybody should read, predicts that everybody's going to do it all at once. They'll realize that devaluations on a piecemeal basis going back and forth between different countries is kind of a a no-win game. You know, everybody's going to eventually lose. So why not devalue all at once against gold and then go back to some kind of a a gold-linked currency system? Anyhow, that's probably what's coming. And the sequence in which it comes and the specifics and the timing are unpredictable, but there doesn't seem any way around it. So what does this mean for our investments? Well, if we save a lot of money in local currency, in other words, if you build up a big bank account as a way to save for retirement, which used to be a reasonable thing to do. You know, they had actual savings accounts in banks where you put money away, paid you a little bit of interest. It was completely safe and it grew over time. Well, if you do that now, leading up to a major currency devaluation, then you're the victim of that policy. They will cut your bank account's value in half. Meanwhile, the people who saw it coming and were able to, for instance, hire high-priced investment advisors who then put them in things that will tend to go up during a devaluation, they're the winners. And those guys are the ones who own real assets. You know, if you own a piece of farmland and there's a currency devaluation, the value of your farmland goes up. You'll do all right. Same thing with precious metals. Gold and silver have historically done very well because they're alternative forms of money that governments can't devalue. So when they're devaluing the national paper currency, those old forms of money tend to hold up pretty well. They go up in value relative to the devalued currency and, and you do okay there too. So those are the things we should be investing in leading up to what is an absolutely inevitable crisis and maybe an imminent crisis. Europe just looks looks like it has no choice. You know, it's in basically deflation right now. It's not growing. And if, if there's a recession in the next couple of years, that will just tear the eurozone apart unless they decide to devalue the currency really aggressively. So I think when the dust settles... The same things that worked in the past, precious metals, well-chosen real estate, extremely high-quality multinational corporate stocks, those are the things that will have done well. And the same things that traditionally lose out, cash, financial assets that are linked to cash in some way, like government bonds, those things will have done badly. So it's time to begin positioning ourselves for this thing that is coming and that may be coming soon. Uh, That should cover it for this week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.